It is a very special GAA embedded uh, this Thursday night because it is All-Ireland final weekend. Will Limerick win the three out of four and go on to be the dominant team that they look like being? Or will it be Cork's time? Will the summer of Cork uh, come from nowhere, as they so often do? Uh, here to talk to us about it is uh, Shane McGrath, our regular guest, former All-Ireland winner with Tipperary, and the great John Milan. From Waterford, uh, thanks a million for joining us, lads. Um, we've a lot to talk about. We're also going to speak to Tommy Walsh um, a little bit later on. I spoke to Tommy um, yesterday about the Electric Ireland minor final and also about the senior final. So we'll hear from um, another of the greats of the game uh, in a few minutes. But um, Shane, before we get into it, um, that GA man is going to the game there. He is so lucky, uh, as are the two of you. I'm not, unfortunately. But before we get into the All Ireland final, um, since we last spoke, there's been a couple of uh, big moves in uh, in Tipperary. Not all of them completely unexpected. Liam Sheedy uh, stepped away and the great Brendan Maher retired. And I think it, it is appropriate that we kind of talk about Brendan. We did a special show when Joe Canning retired and he's another great of the game, really. And I suppose my, my thought on it is a lot of people <laughs> we wrote a piece about him when, when he came back from the cruise ship in 2019 and walked onto the All-Star team, which is such an achievement as like a 30-year-old in itself. And in... I always think of his performance, I've mentioned to you before, alongside you in midfield in, in, in the 2010 All-Ireland Final, where for such a young man, he just took such a leadership role. He was fantastic. But I suppose more than any performances or anything like that, it seems to me the way tip players talk about Brendan Maher was that he was just such an inspiration to everybody, even from such a young man, all the way through his career. Yeah, absolutely, Mick. Everything you said is bang on. And I suppose, like like Joe had the pressure above in Galway to play, you know, maybe from when he was maybe 14 or 15, everybody expected Joe to play for Galway. It'd be the same in Tip, like, to be honest. Like, I mean, Brendan would have played one of his first matches for Boris Lee when he was 15, going 16 in a North final. Now, a North divisional thing in Tip is a massive thing, and a lot of people outside might not understand that. But a North final, you'd have thousands of people at it, like, and um, 15 going 16, got mad at a match that day. And I think from that day on, everybody expected Brendan, just expected him that he was going to play for Tip. It wasn't a matter of, you know, if he's going to play for Tip, it's going to, it was a matter of when he's going to play for Tip. And like that, that kind of pressure can get to some people, but not Brendan. Suited him down to the ground, went on then, uh, won a minor as a captain, you know, and a senior as a captain. Like, you're good at the stats there now, Mick. I think the last man to do it before him was Brian Cody. Could be wrong now, but I think he had, you know, Captain Minor and Senior All Ireland winning team. So, some achievement. He's every box ticked. You know, talking to, listening to people talking about him during the week, some people saying, you know, maybe we didn't see that kind of maybe those those crazy things he did with Boris Lee, like scoring with half a hurley or, you know, flicking the ball out of the sky, you know, and especially on the run they went there a couple of years ago to the club. But, like, I. I seen him doing those things with Tip day in, day out. I thought he, I, you know, in 2010, Larry got hurler of the year and deservedly so. But I tell you, like, Brendan was fair close to being young hurler and overall hurler of the year. I was playing mm. midfield with him. He was phenomenal, mm. um, you know, in, in every game. And he's just the ultimate professional, I suppose. You know, there'll be a lot said about him. He'll go down as one of the greats, rightly so. Um, how, how would I describe his professionalism, I suppose, quickly? I'd say I was living with Brendan... Um, for, for a while there in Limerick uh, after 20 in 2013 and I had probably the worst year I ever had with tape I was captain and everything just contemplating giving it all up really you know it wasn't going well moved in with Brendan 
and just the way he trained and the way that I would have gone training with him in the gym, things we ate, I went to put ketchup on something one evening and he said, no, no ketchup, we're not having ketchup. And I was like, Jesus, what's this fella? And then the following year then had probably one of the most enjoyable years Hurland ever had a tip in 2014. And a lot of it was down to the work I would have done with Brendan um, away from the group. like, And that'll just tell you the professionalism of him. And top, top guy, and will, as I said, Mick, will go down as one of the greats of Tipperary Hurling and, you know, modern-day Hurling as well, and, and rightly so. Like. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, John, you would have come up against uh, Brendan Maher and all those Tip lads, you know, that are probably, like with Liam Sheedy stepping aside as well. You know, it does feel like we're coming to the end of an era um, with Tip in a way. Um, obviously, not everybody is, is going to step aside, but there were some servants to the game over the last kind of like 10, 15 years, weren't they? Oh, unbelievable. A serious, serious team. And I first came across Brendan Marrow, it would have been 2009. I think he made his debut that year. We would have to beat Tipperary in the order in the semi final the previous year. We probably had a bit of an Indian side over Tipperary back then. But then the likes of Brendan Marrow came on the scene, Porrick Marr, Seamus Cannon, Noel McGrath, you know, that group that came through that, that won, won the minor all earnings in the, in, in the mid noughties. Um, and they just transformed Tipperary. And, you know, we've seen it then in 2010. They stopped Kilkenny from doing the five in a row. And, you know, with, with Kilkenny, they were probably, the two of them were probably the best two teams of of, uh, of the last decade. But for me, Brendan Maher, if I was to pick one player out of that incredible Tipperary team, uh, it, w- it would be Brendan Maher. And as, as Shane, you know, highlighted there, a top, top bloke. A really, really, really nice guy. I remember up, he, he asked me up one year to present medals up the Boris Lee, we 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 a great night up there, but you know the sign of a great player is, is a lad that will do for both county and club. You know he loves Boris Lee, and we've seen it there uh, two years ago how dominant he was for for Boris Lee. He drove him on to a to an all early club final. He's going to be solely missed. I think he's what 31, 32 years of age. Yeah, possibly, possibly could hold on for another year or two, but I think you know a bit like Joe Cannon, some of these lads. I think he's better off getting out at the top of the top of his game. Um, and look, there's no better time for Brendan Maher to go. He owes Tipperary hurling absolutely none. He's been Mr. Consistent over that over the course of the last last 10, 12 years. And uh, you know, to come back from that that crucial injury and uh, to go back up the steps of the, to climb the steps of, of the Hogan stand then in, in twenty nineteen, you know, yeah. as Shane Shane touched on it there, you could go on, you could Go on for another 15, 20 minutes and speak about Bill Brendan Maher, just a mm. top, top player. And as, as Shane alluded to there, we'll go down as one of the greats of Tipperary Hurling. But I, I, I can't repeat myself. You know, he's just, you know, one of those really nice guys within the GA that, that you'd love to be, love to be around, love to be around, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned uh, the with Bursley, like as you said, Shane, when we talked about Joe, he's not he's not dead. He'll still be hurling for the yeah, club. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He's a very good team as well. Like, yeah, um, lads, uh, John, you mentioned 08 and 09 there, and it's funny because I wanted to talk to you both about kind of your all Ireland first all Ireland final experiences, and like it is a um, it's some week, like because you do you, we, like I was given out on Monday show actually that we're probably not feeling enough like an All-Ireland week, even at that stage. But the more it goes into it, having the under-20 final last night, it does, it's starting, you're starting to get the fever of it. We're starting to feel like it is All-Ireland week. There's going to be a big crowd in Crow Park. It's not 80,000, but it's still great. Both of you guys are going there. You're going to be there with RT Radio. So there's a there's a buzz there. 
when you're a player, and I think it, it, it's it's funny because you're from two very different types of counties, John. You're kind of from, you know, you're from a county that doesn't always get there and it was a really big deal to, but Shane, then also you're, you weren't there in a, in a while, you know, when you got there in, in 09 and there's an extra pressure when you're from somewhere like Tipperary. So I feel like it's the same kind of mentality, John, of like coming up on the Wednesday or Thursday, how you almost keep your focus on the match itself and not get swept away when we're having these kind of shows and the local paper has a 40 page pullout and so on and so forth. Yeah. And I suppose for us in zero eight, probably the team was probably coming to, uh, to the, to the end, you know, talks the likes, the Kings, you know, the Dan Shannons, uh, the Paul Flynn's players with soldier for Waterford for the best part of, of, of 10 to 12 years. Uh, and probably from 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 our point of view, we probably got to the All Ireland, you know, from our, when our team was possibly co- coming to the end, you know, rather than probably if we got to the All Ireland, probably in in zero two zero three, it probably would have would have stood to us um, more going forward in, in in the last decade. And I suppose there's probably similarities from ourselves and even Shane's team in two thousand nine mm. with Cork that. You know, well, particularly with Shane's team, because for a lot of these Cork players, you know, they're going into this uh, All Ireland. They're probably free in their own mindset because, you know, you, you touched on it there, but the the, the success of the the Cork under twenties, they've they've a serious minor team who are going to be playing against Saturday. So, for a lot of these young Cork players who are going into Sunday's final, a bit like Shane's team in two thousand and nine. Are probably going to free be free within themselves, albeit they're going to be coming up against a formidable opponent in Limerick, like like our situation and Shane's situation mm. back in two thousand nine, where Kilkenny were chasing three in a row and four in a row, and Limerick are chasing, uh, you know, their own bit of, bit, bit of history the weekend. But for a lot of those card players, they're going into Sunday's game knowing that you know you know what lads. We're going to have we'll give it one hell of a shot and see what it takes, knowing that there's a strong possibility, Mick, that the likelihood is that they're going to be back next year. The possibly could be back the following year. I think within the next decade, I think the likelihood is Cork will will be in the the vast majority of the finals. So I think it's for a lot of those young lads, they'll be saying, "Well, you know what? I, I'm not going to even say it, it's it's not the end of the world in losing an All Ireland final. It, it it is the end of a world in losing an All Ireland final. All Ireland finals are there for winning, but you know what I'm coming from. Sometimes yeah. when you're an awful lot younger, you're saying to yourself, "Well, you know what? You know, we can just go out, have a right crack at this." And in contrast to probably Hoggy or probably Seamus Harnity, who are probably going out probably putting more pressure on themselves like like so probably Kane or probably Paul Flynn or Dan Channel and saying, well look lads, we might be back here again. So you kind of that weight of expectation kind of you know you're kind of lifting that more going into a final like the likes of Hoggy who will be saying to himself, well look, this might be my last opportunity or second last opportunity of of, of winning an all and so and even Seamus Harry. So they might put more pressure on themselves in contrast to the younger lads who will be saying, well look and even when you're when you're young, you're saying you know you're more freer. You go out and say, "Look, Jesus, what'll be, will be." And yeah. I always find find that, that even from from club level, that you know young lads going into uh, a county final, they don't really they don't really care. And that was you know 
we've seen that with, with Limerick in, in, in 2018. Really young team. Everyone was predicting Galway. And Limerick went in, you know, free in their own mindsets. And they went out and they, they, they just had, had a go. And, and they won the All-Ireland player, mm. something similar in, 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 in 2013. So uh, I think it's, it's, I think for an awful lot of these young car players going into Sunday's final, I think it's an ideal situation. And as Dermot O'Sullivan touched on last week, a lot of these players are, are, are carrying are carrying no baggage. Yeah, that's an interesting point, Shane, because I'd be inter- interested to know, like there is also the, as, as John said, it is there to be won. Like you think in 2013, we thought Claire would be back a couple of times and it never happened, you know, but at the same time, like when you went in in 09, it was a very similar situation to Cork in that you'd had good games with Kilkenny, you'd had that brilliant league final with them, but the rest of the country all had the Limerick final, the Waterford final, the four in a row in your head, and maybe maybe Tip were a little bit under the radar. And I'm just wondering, did you feel freer in 09 than you did, say, in 10, 11, uh, 14, when you kind of you knew what an All-Ireland final experience was? Yeah, I, I probably did personally, I suppose, oh, 09 was the first time I would have played in a, an absolutely full crow park and just the buzz of that when you, you came out for the warm-up and everything and maybe not as much pressure as you said, but I suppose internally in our group we were in the base, we were after winning the league in 08, we had uh, we had won two Munster finals 08 and 09 and we were in a good place internally, I suppose, and we felt that we could we could put it up to Kilkenny and I suppose a lot of the few, a good few of the Kilkenny lads were kind of maybe, like like John's team, maybe coming towards the end. I was marking Derek Ling that day for about 45 minutes and then this young lad from Belly Hale called Michael Fenley came on and uh, <laughs> midfield changed forever, really. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, I suppose, that was the kind of way they were. I thought, oh, like, not to talk about the past too much, but I thought 09 was actually the best game of hurling I've ever been involved in personally and a lot of people maybe say 10 or 14 from the finals we played but to, for being involved in I thought 09 was just ferocious that the hurling that went on and everything but um, yeah like I I think John has made a great point there about the Cork lads a lot of them will come up you know they're there is a corkness about the group. There is a confidence about the group. You know, as people were saying, they waited 15, 16 years to win all Ireland and now they're after winning uh, two in a few weeks and, you know, maybe going to win, uh, maybe going to win another win in, uh, on, on Sunday. So I think there'll, there'll be that self-confidence there. But I think the Pat Horgan thing, the Harnity thing, I think it's massive for them, you know. Um, I think the whole country would love to see Patrick Horgan win in all Ireland. But I suppose... I suppose in life you 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 don't get what you deserve. You get what you take, and you have to take that. They have to take their chance now, Sunday. And this this could very well be his last chance. And going back through the years, I always remember Niall Gilligan saying about ninety seven that I think he was only nineteen. He thought mm. they'd be in it every year. And look 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 at the way the career goes. And like twenty thirteen lads only feels like yesterday for us, maybe. But I mean, it is nine seasons ago now. Like and. It, it mightn't come it just it just mightn't come around again you know but I just think they will go up with a freedom and everything and I think internally they will believe that they are that, that they are good enough to win this game and, and, and to win the All-Ireland final and I just you have to love the confidence that they'll come up with you know up against maybe maybe the greatest uh, the greatest Harlem team Limerick have ever produced in my opinion and maybe mm. the going very close John we were up there last year to All-Ireland final and I suppose we remember talking to Tommy uh, Tommy Welsh, like, and just, and we said, Tommy said, you said, Tommy, do you think these can be as good as you were? And Tommy goes, I, I, I think they're going the right way about it, like, you know, and if, you know, if, if Tommy is saying that and just the setup they have, they, I think they are on the right road, like, and if they do win Sunday, I think we, we will be talking about this Limerick team in years to come, maybe in the same vein as we, as we talk about the, that Kilkenny team, of, of, of Tommy's Kilkenny team, like. <laughs> 
Yeah, absolutely. And they look, they're. Um, it's funny because I was going to say to you the Cork being in the final now. It, it it's funny. It's the sixth team to be represented in the final in the last five years. And I think that's very good going for Hurling. But you are getting to the stage where if Limerick win handily again, which they have ultimately in every match so far this year, and definitely did in the All Ireland final last year, you're getting into a kind of a, a dominant team. <clears throat> Whereas it might feel competitive that there's six teams in, in, in five years, but if Limerick are winning nearly every year, um, it, it, it's getting to the stage where, look, they're there to be enjoyed in their, in their own way. But we do need a competitive final. We need to know that they're actually beatable. And that there's, even if Limerick end up winning, I think we could all do with this being a close game, John. Yeah, 100%. But I think, uh, you know, Cork. You know, a bit like a bit like Shane's team in two thousand and nine. You go back to two thousand and nine when when Tipperary played Kilkenny in the first league game. I think it was down in Nolan Park, wasn't Shane? Remember, I think Kilkenny Blitzy, and then you came back in the league final, and that was that was a humdinger of, of, of a league That's, final. Yeah. And you know, it's probably similarities there this year. You know, Limerick blitzed Cork in, in the the league meeting down down in um down in the Gaelic grounds and then in the Munster semi final I think Cork were, were very very unlucky that day uh you know the two goals before half time effectively were, were the difference that day uh, and look I, I watched back that game today you know the two goals the, after the first goal I think Hoggy had a had a free to bring it back to two points he missed it they went up they got another goal and I think Tim O'Mahony had another another opportunity from sideline cut to close the gap, and they just kept kept Cork at arm's length. And I think Cork had, had a couple of opportunities uh, in that second second uh, half to close the gap to bring the margin back to possibly two two three points. But I think Cork are, are growing as this championship is going on, and I think you know they have momentum with them. There's a feel good factor down in Cork. Confidence is growing, mm. and I think Cork are in a much, much greater place going into this final and this meeting against Limerick than they were uh, possibly five, six weeks ago going into the Munster yeah. semi-final meeting. So I think this game is is going to be a lot closer than many people are suggesting the scoring is going to be. Yeah, Shane, that game is interesting to think back on because, uh, like. As John said, there was uh, you know a, a few things kind of went against Cork that day, and they do seem like a better team. But I watched it back as well, like and, and I think you mentioned to me on the show um, when we when we were talking after it, like Cork won the hooks in the box battle that day. They had a number of wides. Pat Horgan wasn't on form. I don't think he scored from play. He missed no. a few frees. That's not going to happen again. And and you look at something like you know Sean O'Donoghue like completely marking Aaron Glan out of the game. There was enough for Limerick. There was enough for Cork to kind of think there's improvement here and, you know, maybe this is a blueprint, you know. And then you think we, we published an, art, an interview we did with Patrick Horgan back in February um, yesterday again where he talked just the season in general but was specifically saying we're a lot closer to Limerick than people think we are. We just need the consistency. We've given them more problems than anybody else. And I thought it was a really interesting thing just finding those old quotes because – Cork definitely, Cork always believe, but there's definitely something specific about Limerick, and we saw enough of it in the Munster semi-final to know that they can they can just get a bit more out of themselves. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, personally, I think a lot of Limerick people, when they see Adrian Mullen hang the ball up in the back of the net and they knew it was going to extra time, they probably felt, right, we're probably only playing Kilkenny here, like, because, you know, maybe Cork mightn't be able, you know, might exercise the ghosts of extra time from 2018 or maybe there's still that softness there of the group but I think Cork have proven time and time again this year there is a steel there is a hardiness in this group mentally and t- and physically and you know and they have the hurlers then the speed to back it up that whatever challenge you want to throw them they've you know they've, they have fairly answered the question this year so I think a lot of Limerick people would be happier if Kilkenny were in the final personally and why because as you said there Mick like you know and as John will know Limerick just fear Cork because they know of all the teams that are there, regardless of what has gone before, the Cork, you know, that they that they can beat Limerick. Like a lot of other teams can't beat Limerick, and the match might be over before the ball is even thrown in. Just the way, just the level Limerick are at right now. But there is not that fear with Cork, like, and not with the current Cork group or anything. And you know, they'll they'll look back at the at the match in Simple Stadium from the Championship and say, look, if Hoggy had scored the penalty and. You know, we go we go five six points up. You know, um, you know if a few other things went their way. I mean, you know, Hoggy didn't have a good day that they didn't score from play, didn't score in the last quarter. In the last quarter as well, I think uh, they had they, they had five wides. You know, they, they couldn't get it back to three points, and they they look at all those things and say, lads, we're very very close to it. You know, and as flip flip side for Limerick. That Limerick will look at it and go, look, lads, we weren't good enough that day. Do you know what I mean? I mean, no score from play from Alan Gillan, no score from play from Tom Morris. <laughs> You know, Tom Morris, who was who what did he score from play the last day? Have it here. He scored five points from play the last day from wing forward. And I just think you know that that both sides will look at the game to say that that, that they've massive areas. Yeah. We just lost Shane there, but uh, massive areas to improve for both teams, I think. But it's um it's one I can't wait for, uh, obviously. And there's lots to look back on um from the previous game. But John and Shane, stay with me for a minute because um I want to uh, get to our interview with uh Tommy Walsh that we mentioned. Um Electric Ireland that teamed up with the former Kilkenny minor hurler as well as senior Tommy Walsh to highlight the ma- highlight the major impact of the minor championship and to look ahead to this week's Electric Ireland minor all Ireland hurling championship final between Cork and Galway, which takes place at seven thirty on Saturday, the twenty first of August in Turles in Central Stadium. The game will be live on TG Carr uh, with coverage beginning at 7. Um, we did talk to uh, Tommy about the senior final as well, which uh, he's standby for, but just wanted to talk to him about the minors first because it is an interesting game. Galway are going for five in a row, believe it or not, um, which is an unbelievable feat in itself, but all the talk seems to be about Cork. See what they're up against to win that five in a row, though. This is like, it's the summer of Cork, it feels like, you know, we'll see they're in the under-20 final tonight. Obviously, they're in the senior final. We'll talk about that on Sunday, but they've been electric all the way through, <laughs> pardon the pun. But, you know, there's a lot of talk about Clare after that 40-point win in the first uh, round, but someone had to do that to them. And then when you see them beating Limerick by 10 points, beating Waterford by 11, this is a dominant team and something to get really excited about as well, isn't it? They are, and they've shown that since under fourteen at Tony Forest. Uh, that's the big under fourteen competition, and it's it's the big All Ireland. Say when you're at that age, and they're the champions of that. They went on the year after the one under fifteen A and B competition. I don't think there was an under sixteen competition. So this team has been coming a while. The one thing you'd always question then with with young players is can they stay improving? Can they live up to their expectations? And we've seen what they've done to Clare and in the previous two matches as well. Like even Jack Lahey has scored three nine one fourteen and eleven points. Like incredible scoring for for a forward. And the full back got got man of the match the last day. Like you know so in it well in the Munster final. So this Cork team, I think the confidence they're getting from 
Rebel Oak, uh, they're putting huge work into it. Um, you've seen the likes of Don Logue, Tom Kenny, Sean Oak, Wayne Sherlock, Niall McCarthy, all putting their 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 efforts and their their work uh, ethic into the underage setup in Cork. When you've that going in, there's always going to be a bright future, especially they're such a hurling mad county, a sports mad county. Um, I think probably. What set the ball rolling for him was the under-20 victory uh, against Dublin, Nolan Park, at the start of the summer. Because even though they were getting to the finals, they were getting beaten. They have been in minor finals. They have been in under-20 finals the last couple of years, but beaten in them. So can they produce it on the big day? Suddenly they win that final against Dublin. Now there's nobody talking about that anymore. So I think uh, it was a major one for them. Yeah, and when you think of... um you know, what ha- what might happen Saturday night, what might happen tonight in the under-20s, if they do get over the line, and obviously this is an exciting team and it, it, there, there'll be stars of the future to pick out from when people watch it on TG Carter on Saturday night, but leading into Sunday then, you know, you've got this, it, it's just such an interesting matchup because you've got this sense that Limerick are borderline unbeatable if they're at their best and how can you do it? But it's like everybody's, if everybody looks at the tactic side of things and think it's Limerick, but then you're almost afraid to right off Cork, not necessarily because of their form, which has been fantastic and improving, but it's because it's Cork, isn't it? It's because it's, it's like the Corkness and all this kind of thing is that you don't know they could do it. They could come up the way they did to Galway in 1990, the way they did it in the past other teams, that they could just show up and do it on the day. Yeah, you're dead right, Make They come, they have history with coming with young teams with nothing expected of them at the start of the year and returning with Lee McCarthy back to, to Leeside. Um, we have our own personal experience of it in 1999 uh, after being beaten in the 98 final came up against the young Cork team and you know Kilkenny would have been the hot favourites and you know Don Logue Sean Ogg uh, Ben O'Connor you know produced a, a marvellous uh, performance on the day in a wet it was a wet day a real wet day low scoring game and they just sh- sh- you know showed to the to the country to the GA world Cork we're afraid of no one and we'll always be if we're in a final we'll always have a chance and that's what it feels like coming again um, they started off nobody really would have given them a chance I think at the start of the year I give a top three and they weren't in it uh, I think I killed Kenny Galway and um, and Limerick and you know, Cork, they were probably outside of that. Where I felt Cork wouldn't, wouldn't be a contenders was their work rate of their forwards. But we saw all year that that's after changing. In the semi-final especially, the amount of hooks, blocks, last-minute tackles they got in against Kilkenny. They stopped a few certain goals with TJ, with Walter, Owen Cody, Mark Coleman, tearing back just to help out his full back line. Because, Mick, you have to remember, teams that win play as a team. That's both in the forwards and the backs. In the backs now, you're not just marking your own man. You're looking out for the lad beside you, the lad in the full back lane, the lad out midfield. In the forwards, they're not letting the ball go in quick into, in, into, the, into their back lane. They're hooking, they're blocking. So I think when they don't have the ball, this Cork team are really after uh, changing or improving this year. And let alone for the goals. Like Jack O'Connor, fastest player probably in the GA at the moment. They're scoring goals and they wouldn't have probably won that semi-final without that great Jack O'Connor goal. So what's given Cork, I think, and given the excitement to the GA, probably neutrals is Cork are coming with the unknown. They're not going to come and try and take them on physically, this limited team, because you're at nothing. They're too big. They're going to take them on through a different angle, speed and space and a lightning razor first touch. Yeah. And will it be enough? Like, I mean, I don't, it's, it's such a simple question, but at the same time, just watching the second half of the Munster final and watching the way Limerick just held off 
um, it, you know, Waterford in the semi-final. It just feels like they're they're just at a level above everybody else. And we don't know until we see it on Sunday, but it is hard to see past them, isn't it? Yeah, you see, they deserve the respect of us all. Any hurling follower has been looking at them. They've been dealing with setbacks, both personally and um, on the field. Munster final is the first case in point on the field. You know, Tipperary out hurled them. It wasn't that Limerick didn't show it up. It was just Tipperary did not allow them to, to hurl. They had Bubbles and, and Jason Ford popping up with goals and points all over the field. And it was just through tactics and work rate. And you're wondering, you know, Limerick, there's no comeback from, from here. No way. Suddenly they came out within 10 minutes. They had them pegged back. But in one of the greatest quarters uh, in, in, in hurling history, I'd say, in that Munster final. So that's what scares people, I think, about Limerick is that they were looked so beaten and a beaten dock at that day at half time to turn it around and win so convincingly they didn't just win it with a last minute point or goal they had it won within a quarter so I think that's what makes it scary for everybody else but as I said I think like go back to the Munster semi-final although they beat Cork the eight points it was a draw match on the 35th minute and Cork, or Limerick scored two goals before half time and that's not easy to come back out from, especially when you're playing the champions. You have them, you have them, you're going in with confidence into halftime, suddenly to score two goals. And, you know, it's a whole different uh, dressing room talk at halftime. So I give Cork every chance. Why? Because of their speed, because of the work rate of their forwards. And also, listen, they're getting goals, Mick. And um, where they will fail to fall down, Cork, in my view, is that if they don't attack them, so if they try and, you know, the way Limerick, they kind of play with, and most teams playing Limerick play with four or five forwards. I think to beat that Limerick team, you have to play with six forwards because they're too comfortable on the ball. Um, most, if, if a back line gets a ball, Mick, and you have good work rate, you'll take it back off them. But Limerick are so physically strong, they're able to ride out these tackles and it makes it much uh, more difficult to dispossess. Right, okay. So giving Cork every chance, is that a... Is that a I'm, I'm giving I'm Cork every chance, but I'm going with Limerick. I think they deserve, yeah, no, I think they deserve that respect. No, I'm going for Limerick. Um, you know, they're going for their second dollar in a row. They've won three Munsters in a row, over third dollar in four years. On the back of winning all earned for the first time, 2018, since 1973. I just think their mindset, their mentality, they, they just, they don't give me any reason to doubt them. And um, a different guy steps up every time. And usually, we'll see on, on Sunday evening, it's usually because nobody can stop Tom Morrissey, Keane Lynch or Garrod Hegarty. Now, I know Kyle Hayes used to be up there. That half-hour line for Limerick is so crucial. They're the guys, you know, as Cyril Farrell used to say, the conductors of the orchestra. They're the guys who come with the ball and either put it over the bar or give lovely balls into the full forward line. So I think what usually one of them will show up and give a man of the match performance. So I'm going to go at Limerick uh, based on just everything. Okay, well, we can't wait for it. Tommy Walsh, thanks a million for, uh, and enjoy the two games. Um, at the yeah, thanks, Mick. Thank you. The great Tommy Walsh there uh, speaking to me. Yes, and don't forget to watch the Electric Ireland Minor Hurling Final on Saturday night on TG Carter. Should be a great one. A great Cork team, really exciting, as Tommy talked about there, against the Galway team looking for five in a row, which is an unbelievable achievement for the county themselves. Uh, John Milan and uh, Shane McGrath are still with me here. Um, lads, there's uh, a lot to get through in what, in, in what Tommy was saying there, but uh, one of the things, uh, Shane, that he, he really focused on was the work rate of Cork improving this year. Um, how much of a factor has that been? It's actually something that I've seen a few times this week in that, like, 
they seemed like they were off the pace maybe for the last couple of years, but the hurlers were there and it might have just taken this this mindset change. Yeah, I suppose it was always kind of a case with Cork that if you kind of shoved it up to them, maybe that they might fall off, Mick, you know, and that if you go into a shootout with them, you'd, you'd be risking it. Whereas now, you know, I suppose what we're trying to say is like that, that their forwards might be always good enough to score your 27, 28, nearly hit that 30 pie mark, but that the backs would let them down. And for me, the thing is almost switched around now in that their backs are playing phenomenal, like. You know, their their backs are they have that steel, you know, they're they're able to read the game well, they're very comfortable on the ball. Like I mean, you take their full back line, you take Niall O'Leary and Sean O'Donoghue, two two guys who will probably, you know, be in line for all star nominations anyway. I think Sean O'Donoghue will be very, very close to getting it. But I think the number three thing has been pivotal, like in that, you know, with all the due respect to Danny Callan and all the wonderful things he's done and, you know, he heart on the sleeve hurler guy for Cork and loves hurling for Cork and will do whatever it takes. I think Robert Downey has been just massive. Like He's just been so central to their success in that he's played so well. And, you know, even the day I, I was on duty there inside the Gaelic grounds the night they played Clare, I just thought he was phenomenal. Like, you know, and, and I, th- I think he's built on it since. And where he had a hard time maybe against Billy Ryan for a lot of the game the last day, he just grew into the game. And that will do his confidence the world of good. You know, Tim O'Mahony he's real, you know, he's a real tough, tenacious defender at wing back. I, uh, and Mark Coleman is obviously, you know, their ball player and is very comfortable mm. on the ball. You know, they're very like, you know, Barcelona-esque the way they, the way they spray it around the back. I think the big thing for Cork um, with all those guys uh, mentioned aside is that is, is Jerome Millerick going to play? And we're hearing that he probably won't play with the hamstring injury that he has. So I think he's a massive loss. I think he, he can do, uh, as we spoke about Brendan Maher, a Brendan Maher role. He can be a man marker, but, you know, he's, he, he does everything for the team. He's a massive team player. He doesn't mind not getting on the score sheet or all the plaudits. And I think he is a massive loss because I actually thought, lads, he did a good enough job of, he was a name midfield the last day, but when Keen Lynch came out, I think he, he, he picked up Keen. I think you were on duty that night, John, in the stadium. You might have probably seen it better than I would on the telly, but that he picked up Keen and he did a very good job on him. And I think that he's a massive loss for the Cork lads um, at, the, at, at the weekend, Mick, like, you know, because I think their defence mm-hmm. has been really solid. And I think Jerome Millerick has been one of the one, one of the linchpins of that, like. Yeah, and you're talking about the Tommy mentioned the half forward line there, as we all know, are the ones that often do a lot of the damage for uh, Limerick. But what about the what about the point about the six forwards, John? Because it is one of the criticisms that we would have had of Waterford after the semi final was that as much as they went hell for leather and it was it was brilliant for for fifteen twenty minutes, they didn't have that firepower because they didn't have enough up there to stop Limerick from collecting the ball and delivering it in. And the way that half back line is just can be so dominant when they've got time on the ball. Is that the way the Cork have to do it? Is they have to go up and mark the backs almost? Yeah, but just 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 before we, we, we go on to that, right? Just touching on what Shane said there about, about the Cork backs, right? They've been they've been excellent. But the problem is again against Limerick the last day on the Munster um semi final, Callan had a very had a, had a very good had a very good game. Um, Cadigan nullified the influence of Tom Morrissey. Uh, Sean O'Donoghue done a man marking job on uh, who, who was it? Galan was excellent on him. And Jerry Melrick, as Shane touched on it there, Jerry Melrick played midfield at times, went back on Keen Lynch. Uh, Mark Coleman then would sit in front of the D. If Keen Lynch came out, it was like Mark Coleman would pass him on to Jerry Melrick, and Jerry Melrick would do. 
would, would, would pick up Keane Lynch. Now, right, the dynamics of that backline changes, right? Uh, Jeremy Elric is gone. Who's going who's going who's going to do that role for for Jeremy Elric? Uh, because is Mark Coleman going to follow Keane Lynch? He will. He'll go. He'll, he'll follow him to to a certain area of the field, and then he'll pass him on to someone midfield. So, who's that player going to be? Who's going to pick up Keane Lynch when he goes into that middle third area? Will if if Galan goes full forward? Is Sean Dun- is Sean O'Donoghue going to go in full back, which then pushes Robert Downey out the corner back? That's a bit of a problem. Uh, and the likelihood is is that he's going to start one of either of either Cadigan or or Damien Callan, who who were very good the last day out. So there's a little there's a little bit of juggling around to do in that car backline. So they're probably not as settled as as they as they were going into the last car game or the last Limerick game in the in the Munster semi final. Um, so that is going to be a bit of a headache with the loss of of, of Jeremy Elric. And possibly, uh, you know, one of of Cadigan and Damien Callan not not starting and starting on the bench. Now to answer your question about the forwards, you know, Warford probably went the route of, you know, they, they didn't push up enough, and we've seen it in the second half when Warford went for to push Jamie Barron up, they pushed Austin up, and they went they just went for they went. They went mano mano, like if you want, if you want to call it for all the world. Now look, Limerick were down to fourteen minutes at, at at that time, but they caused Limerick more problems. Like you know, I, I, you seen Sean Finn came under a bit of pressure, Dan Morrissey, and that's exact. Tommy Tommy Welch is exactly right. That's exactly what Cork have got to go and do the weekend. They've got to go for it. They've got to push up six forwards. Just go on the attack, um, and take take the risks. I think they've got to take a few risks the weekend. And hope they get a bit of luck. And I think, you know, from 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 a game from a game's perspective, you know, you're looking at the four quarters. Limerick have these four quarters off to a tee. I mean, I think Shane, you touched on it. The sooner they get rid of these four quarters, the better. I think the biggest beneficiaries of of these water breaks have been Limerick. But I think from a car point of view, I think you know everything has got to run right for them. They've got to get off to a good start. Uh, they've got to be in it from the first water break, attack that second water break, and look, there is going to come a time where where Limerick are going to get a bit of a purple patch, and the, you know the Cork are just going to have to ride it out, try and limit, uh, you know what limit what advantage Limerick get while while they go through that purple patch. We've seen it the last day, you know, in that in that second quarter. Limerick were formidable and it was effectively effectively the winning of the match. And I think mm. it's crucial for, for, for Cork to get in at half time, you know, if there's only only a score to win it and attack that third quarter. And if they're going into that last quarter with the rebel roar behind them, you don't know what way what way Limerick could react to it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And what do they do in, in, in with those forwards then, Shane? Like, because there's a there's lots of comments coming in, by the way. Keep them coming. We're putting some a lot of them on screen and uh, people can see them. But a big one here from Paul. Like, we don't have too many uh questions about the Limerick lineup. We've talked about what, what Cork will do in the backs, but the big one is does Shane Kingston start? Do they try and hit them from the start? Or do you want to keep a lad like that in your pocket the way they did in the semi-final who can come on and be electric in, you know, what the last twenty five minutes? Yeah, like, like I suppose my 
my take on this is, and I've talked about Jim Gavin before, that, you know, that a lot of teams now, a lot of the culture is that they don't use the word subs. Like, and I, you know, I, I'm all for it. Like, you have starters and finishers. And Jim Gavin's theory, maybe a lot of the time, was that maybe you should finish with your best team. Um, rather than starting with your best team, and I think that's that's what Cork should do. Like I think, I think Cork should try and finish with their best team. You know, I mean, I, I agree totally with what John said. They really have to go for it, go all out for it. But I suppose the difference between, you know, maybe Watford not getting over, the, not getting the victory, or not being closer, in my opinion, was like Watford gave everything they had the, uh, against Limerick, and, and and me and John were there and we were watching them, and they. they Come that first uh, water break, they, they almost looked a little bit tired, like, but they were still down a pint, and it was yeah. four pints to three. And I think Watford hit five wides or something in that period. So what I'm trying to say is that if Cork do go for it and throw everything at it, they have to they have to go in up or they have to go in, you know, at least level, like you know, for for throwing everything at it because it's just demoralising for a team. You throw everything at a team like Limerick, and you're still you still can't get ahead of them. So to go back to the Shane Kingston thing, I think for me, I I would keep Shane Kingston. And I would try and finish with your best team. Do you know, I mean, coming into like we see it in rugby now, come maybe f- f- around the fifty minute mark that the, all the front row are taken off and you're getting the new guys in and fresh. And we're starting to see it more and more in hurling. I think come minute forty six, forty seven, we're starting to see you know, subs, two or three subs from either side coming in. And I think that if you have a Shane Kingston, you know, and, and you say it to the six forwards, look, lads, all go out, hurl with freedom, you know, but understand that if it's not happening for you, this guy's coming on. Or, yeah. you know, Alan Connolly's coming on. Or, or Alan Cadigan's coming on. So I think that, all right, it's a pressure you're putting on him. But, like, it's, it's you know, I think it's a good pressure that that lads will either accept it or they won't. If they if they take it on board and it's not in the final and they play well, happy days. If they don't, okay, let's get Alan Cadigan on. Let's get Shane Kingston on. Let's get mm. Alan Connolly on. You know what I mean? So I would say finish with your strongest teammate is what I'm trying to say, that the Limerick lads, you know, the Sean Finns of this world might look out and say, right, who's warming up Shane Kingston? Jeez, uh, I'm only trying to get over, you know, marking Jack O'Connor here. Or I'm only trying to get over marking, uh, you know, maybe Robbie O'Flynn or someone's come into me. So I think finish with your best team. Keep keep Shane Kingston in reserve, in my opinion. I I, I think he ha- if he does, if he does uh, hold Shane Kingston, he has to start with Alan Cadigan. Uh, like, there's no point. There's, like, I would be a big advocate hold Shane Kingston, but there's no point holding Shane Kingston. And you know, you could be seven or eight points down when he's coming on. And and you know, you know, we 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 know how good Limerick are when they get ahead and they they get that gap of six, seven points, and they keep you at arm's length. So for me, if he doesn't start with Shane Kingston, he has to start with Alan Cadigan, and then you can you can bring on the likes of Barrett. You can bring on Conley. We've seen it the last day when Barrett came on against Limerick in the Monster semi-final. I think he got two, two or three points. It was probably a big ass from the last day, starting him in the all Ireland semi-final. So I don't think he'll start, he'll start Barrett. And, and I don't think he'll start uh, Shane Kingston either. I think they'll hold Shane Kingston, but if Shane Kingston doesn't start, I think they then have to go and put Alan Cadigan in corner forward and go with a, a, cor- a full forward line in of Cadigan, Horgan, and uh, Jack O'Connor. Is there any, uh, this is probably sound mad, but is there any credence in the idea, Shane, of maybe putting one of those scoring fast corner forwards, Cadigan, uh, Kingston, uh, 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 O'Connor, out at 11 and put him on Declan Hannon and try and run at Hannon? And I don't like the fact that Hannon's often seen as a, a, a bit of a weak link in the Limerick defence because it's not fair and it's it's not true either. But in the style of play of what they have and the role that they want him to play, you have to upset Limerick 
you can't let them play in the way they want to and that might be a way of doing it yeah like i suppose maybe teams are looking at what joy tip had maybe the monster final and the joy was when barry hogan went route one down the middle and got a, getting that puck out over Declan hannon and maybe he wasn't as comfortable going back but you're not going to puck it down on the two you know the two man mountains either side and dearman burns and kyle hayes because you know teams know you're not going to get much joy out of that so if you do put a speedster like jack o'connor or someone like that out at 11 you know you really have to play the ball through the lines and mm. you know cork are good at that like but for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have Jack O'Connor out there. Like you know, I, I, I'd leave him inside and, and try and get as much space as you possibly can in front of him. Now Burns, Burns, Hannon, and, and Hayes are going to sit to a degree. But I mean, if they if they can play through the lines and the likes of Robbie O'Flynn and Harnady maybe start picking off a few points, might force them out a small bit and leave the space inside. You know, for the likes of Jack O'Connor and and these guys. You know, because. You know, Hoggy, I suppose Hoggy won't mind what way the ball goes in. You know, he's he's not dependent on his speed or anything like that. Whereas if you can get 10, 15 yards of space in front of Jack O'Connor, he gets the ball in his hand. See the way he rounded Rory Hayes. See the way he went went past Kilkenny lads the last day. You know, I think Crow Park is made for the likes of Jack O'Connor, albeit he was quiet for a lot of the game the last day. But I think the experience he would have got from playing for senior, um, you know, first big senior game for Cork in in Crow Park, I think mm. would be massive, and I think it'll, it'll stand him the next day. So for me, I wouldn't be putting Jack O'Connor out there because I think that Harnady and Robbie O'Flynn are probably the two guys to go try and go toe to toe with Kyle Hayes and Dermot Burns. But as you're saying with the Declan Hannon thing, you know, I I I I I, I don't know. I don't know to be honest, Mick, who the who the guy is. You know, but Shane, but Shane, but but. but... We're talking about this the last three, four years that, you know, the scores that he got got off of Declan Hannon. And, you know, I, I, I can't, there's no fella stands out that I, can, that I can think of that's gone in on Declan Hannon and has got all that space and has picked off four or five points. Mm. It's just not happening. And I think to put Jack O'Connor number 11, he gets swallowed up in there. Limerick are so good at putting a wall in front of uh, of Declan Hannon. It's It's... It's it, it's it's just ridiculous. I mean, we and even last year, I think Waterford tried it at stages of of the All Ireland final where they brought Desi Hutchinson out at centre forward, and he won't get he won't, he couldn't get his hand on the ball either. It's 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 easier said than done, and I think even Harnady is the best bet to go in at number eleven on on uh, Declan Hannon. I think Harnady got a bit of joy off him in the first half of that Munster semi final, but putting a fast, speedy fell in at number eleven. It's it's uh, I don't think it's the answer. I think yeah, he'll, he'll just get swallowed up. That's me, told so lads. Uh, I I bow to your superior knowledge. But what do like we're talking all the show, and it's it's natural for the underdogs that we're talking. What do Cork have to do against Limerick? But or we we should also think that like Cork have their own dangers. That they sort. I think it's like we're talking about Jack Connor playing inside. I think they've scored 26 goals so far this season, league and championship, something like that. Anyway, Shane will probably have the exact number, but it's unbelievable how many goals they're scoring. And it is, like, is that Limerick's sole focus nearly this week, John, is to say, you know, we're not letting any goals in. They didn't concede a goal in the All-Ireland final last year. Um, you know, maybe that's what they have. Like, if, if they can hold Cork goalless or to even one, you know, they're probably going to win this game. Yeah, 100%. And, and, and what John Coyley and Kenork will be banging the drum, they'll be saying, lads, if, if we can raise, the mind Cork raising green flags, if we can raise, uh, you know, one or two goals and even three goals, I mean, then the task for, for Cork becomes, a, you know, a, great, a, a greater task. But I think 
Cork, if Cork are to win this game, I think they're going to have to raise two, possibly uh, three green flags the weekend and possibly 20, 21, 22 points if they are to, to raise those those green flags. Uh, they presented themselves in, in the league league meeting at the Gaelic grounds. They scored two goals. They possibly could have had a, another four goals that day in, in the league meeting on the Gaelic grounds. The last day out, you know, they, they they had the opportunities. They got a great goal. Shane Kingston got a got, got a got a great goal. They had the they had the penalty miss as well. They probably won a few other opportunities then in the in the second half if if they would have taken a little, little bit little bit more out of it, um, you know, passed off the ball, they could have been could have been in for in, in for goal. Uh, but from a Limerick point of view, I just think uh, they will be eager, and I think John Coyley, Canork, they will be banging the drum. We keep it tight at the back, you know. We don't leave them in for goals, and if and if Limerick do that, and if they keep Cork to possibly one goal, I think it's 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 going to be a very 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 tall order for Cork to win this match. Mm. We have a poll running on our YouTube channel all the way through the show of who's going to win. Fifty-five percent say Cork, which might might have more to do with the fact that there's more people in Cork than there is in Limerick. I'm not sure, but uh, if it's a put the prediction time, lads, uh, we're out of time. Jane, I'll let you go first. Yeah, I just I I, I agree with what John was saying earlier on. I just think Limerick are I think they're the real deal. I think there's a lot of questions that have been asked of them over the last few years, and the only time that they maybe failed to answer them was for a period against Kilkenny in twenty nineteen. I think other than that, they've answered all questions asked on days when the pressure was the highest, days when they were expected to win, they always did win. And I just think that they're that they're a Crow Park team as well. I put it you like that. And there's one player in particular who epitomizes that for me is Tom Morrissey. Wasn't having the best year for Limerick, maybe in Munster Championship terms, you know, um, just couldn't find his feet. And, you know, for this high standards he has set. And in the last day, he scores five points for play. You know, their their half forward line scored nine points for play. So uh we could keep going on about him and on about him, but I just feel uh, the Peter Casey thing has worked out for him. I think that's that's massive for him as well, and, and probably rightly so. Um, he's back. He's hurling some stuff for him, hurling the best stuff he has, and he's been awarded with a starting place. That's a massive boost for him. And I just think when it comes to the big day in Crow Park for the last few years, uh, I think Limerick have had the answers all the time. Like Cork will, will it'll be a great game, and it'll be a more exciting final because Cork are in it. But all said and done, and looking at the Limerick team here, I have the programme from the last day. And I'm just looking at Sean Finn, Dan Morrissey, Dermot Burns, Kyle Hayes, William O'Donoghue, Gerard Hegarty, Keen Lynch, Tom Morrissey, Gillan, Flanagan, Casey. There's all guys who potentially, potentially could get All-Stars this year. Mm. So I just think for that reason, I think they're an awesome team with awesome guys in the bench, with an awesome management. And I just think that, I think they will win it by two, three points. Yeah, you wouldn't be surprised for any of those names that you named there to win Man of the Match on Sunday. Uh, John, who are you going for? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue the case for Cork. Uh, now look, we'll go back to 2018. You know that that epic game down in down in down in Parky Cueve the year uh, Limerick. You know made the breakthrough. It was a draw. Uh, Limerick were down to 14 men. Then we went to the All Ireland semi final. Cork were, were six points up. Should have closed out the game. Should have won that match. Following year then 2019. You know, they went up to the Gaelic grounds. Nobody was giving Cork an opportunity that day. And Cork do what Cork do best. They go and they come with the answers and they beat Limerick. Uh, then then last year, they didn't meet. And in a couple of league meetings, you know, there's been a lot of 
high scoring games is possibly only two or three point two or three points in it. Uh take away the, the league meeting up and up in the Gaelic grounds. I wouldn't read anything into that match. So I think Cork, they've tradition behind them. As we touched on earlier, that they're winning the under twenties. I think their miners have a great chance the weekend. And I think their supporters are going to be going up believing, you know what, hey, we're Cork. We are the People's Republic. We're going to win this match. We've X amount of all Ireland's. Limerick have X amount of all Ireland's. You know, they just, you know, Cork on all Ireland finally, you know, you think of the calibre of players that have to win in all Ireland's. They'll go up believing they're going to win. The players will go up believing. The supporters will go up believing. And I think that, that has to stand for something on, on, on all Ireland finally. Uh, and I think they're the best equipped team to possibly take down this Limerick team. I think Limerick, of all the teams they've come up against, I think they'll fear Cork the most. I think they'll have it in the back of their minds that, you know what, this is a very, very good Cork team. But in saying all that, I just can't, you know, Shane just named off all those names there. Sean Finn, Kyle Hayes, Keane Lynch, Rolls-Royce of a player. You know, you have that warlord in the middle of the park, uh, O'Donoghue, for me. He's probably my favourite player out of, out of this Limerick team. And I just think, I think Cork will stay with him till uh, they'll, they'll be in it at half time. And I just think that third quarter, I just think the physical presence of this Limerick team, I think they'll wear Cork down uh, like, like they've done all the other teams. I think if the weather is going to play a big part, could possibly play a big part the weekend. They could possibly give him showers, rain. I think that'll see with only one team and that's going to be Limerick. Mm. And... Uh, I just think, all in all, I just think this Limerick team, you know, they're they're they're, they're a joy to behold. Three All Irelands in, in four years, they're chasing could possibly be going for four, four in a row, but uh, I think they're going for back to back. Cork's time is coming, but I think they're possibly going to have to wait maybe next year or the year after. I, I would love to see Padraig Corrigan climb the, the steps of the Hogan Stand like us all, win that elusive All Ireland medal. Um, but I just can't. I just think it's Limerick's to lose. I think if Limerick perform, they'll win the match. If Limerick don't perform, and Carl come at a performance, Carl could possibly win it, but it's Limerick for me. Yeah. I didn't want to ask about the whole Corkness thing because it's we're talking about the in-depth analysis of the match, but it's it's what's in my head more than anything else going into this because it's why you can never write them off like it is a real thing. But that's funny because we've had that two pundit chain now uh, between Tommy and John who've given all the cases for... Uh, for Cork, but ultimately gone for Limerick. At least, you, at least you put it on the line as Limerick all the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Asher, look, I tell you, as, as, as I said, we're, we're we're very close to the border here, and uh, they're they're hard to listen to sometimes. But sure, look, I mean, if we had a county colours day in the school, there's three or four kids in my class, and their jerseys they're wearing are Limerick. So, you know, it's uh, it's 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 not because we're living close to them or anything like that. But I just know it's see see these players, see the group that they have at the moment. And I think Tong and the Limerick people around here and even down in Newport and stuff that have a good few people who shout for Limerick. And I think they all realise, a lot of Limerick people realise this is they're gonna they love this group. They'll go and watch mm. them anywhere if you know if they were if they if they were playing a match above the North Pole they'd nearly they'd nearly chance to get try and run a bus up to it to see him because they they're gonna try and cherish every moment that they have with this group and I, I think they're dead right too because they, they, they mightn't see him again for a long time and for that reason I just think I think they are a serious serious team like 
Yeah, they could be one of those uh, once-in-a-lifetime for the county anyway. But listen, Shane McGrath, John Milan, thank you so much for uh, for joining us tonight. It's been brilliant talking to you both and to Tommy Walsh earlier on as well. Um, enjoy the game on Sunday, lads. I know we'll be talking to you from Crow Park afterwards, Shane, um, so people can tune in for that. But uh, both of you can be heard on RT uh, radio for the game. So enjoy it. It's going to be a cracker. And thanks a million for joining us. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Great stuff there from from John and from Shane. And thanks a million for watching as well. Hope you enjoy uh, both All-Ireland Finals this weekend. It's going to be a great weekend. Enjoy.